welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap podcast. I'm your co-host Jay Rosales. I'm joined by my co-host Dre, our producer Jay, and we are coming off a victory over the Sacramento Kings. How's it going, guys? I was a little too close, yeah, uh, a little bit. but uh, that wasn't good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I was sweating a little bit uh, too much at the end of the you know, fourth quarter, but when you have a play drawn up for Harrison Barnes, who was holding it for 10 seconds and then shoots an air ball, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that win for us. <laughs> Just like how Luke Walton drew it up, man. Yeah, a win is a win, I guess, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll we'll dive into that. Uh, actually, let's dive into it right now. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what went right? What went wrong? I mean, there's a couple of things that kind of stand out to me yeah. um, in terms of, like, I mean, I could go on and on about OG Anunoby. I mean, for me, he has really jumped out. But uh, before I, I get into my numbers, you know, I love that. Uh, Dre, what would you think? What did you think about the game? Like, what did you like? What didn't you like? Um, you know, I know, well, I know you're already saying this is a bit too tight for your comfort. But, uh, yeah, what did you think? It is. it is a little too tight. I don't know if it was a comfort thing. But, you know, we started the first quarter very strong. We were up by, like, 13. That's the way it should be with a 2-6 a and six Sacramento um a team that's easily looking like they're gonna end up on the lower end of the entire league let alone the conference so look games can go either way whenever but with something like this it's almost a sign of how things went with such a a substandard team with a team that we're feeling kind of confident with Mm -hmm. the raptors so, you know, if you neglect the, the first quarter, you've got a very different story. They dominated every other quarter, the Kings, especially the second. They're up by five, then up by one, then up by three. We literally basically won the first quarter, and that was it. So then you have to look at the other numbers, which I'm not going to dissect them as much as you, Jay, because you're much better at that. But you look at it, and it's like, okay, what, what kind of a picture do we have? All of us starters, double digits. That's great. Lots of assists being carried around from Lowry, Ananobi, Siakam, and Bleed. Okay, that's cool. Siakam had a hell of a rebound game again. That's awesome. What's sticking out, though? Outside of Serge Ibaka... The bench is looking a little weak. Mm. I mean, you have a lot of minutes, and outside of a couple of players, you don't have a lot of other numbers. So why against the Kings are we so self-reliant on starters? This should be the kind of team where, I don't know, anybody who's available or carrying the Gatorade is is out on the court. Like... (laughs) This is this is the kind of game where the Warriors starting lineup would be a fitting bench for this kind of a team to play against. But I digress. So um, this it's a little worrisome where, yeah, we won, but we, we shouldn't have such a close call against, you know, the Kings who yeah. are borderline the worst team in the league right I mean, now it's true like i know i would give gave the kings some some crap in the last couple of episodes but watching them now like from that game against the raptors they're a scrappy team every time that we we pushed uh they pushed back and 
they you know come down with the three pointer by either Buddy Heald or Bogdanovich, and whenever we went on a run, they just came right back. So like you know, kudos to that team. Uh, you're right, Dre. We did win that first quarter, but all the other quarters we lost by we lost by five, two, and one, and it it is a little concerning. The biggest stat that I'm most concerned about uh, is the offensive rebounds. So the Kings yes. got twelve, and we got three. So that terrible three is terrible terrible especially for a very young uh king's team that's not too big down low we have both mark and and surge that should be you know gobbling up those rebounds but you gave them 12 offensive rebounds that's that's not you, you can't have that happen you have to close out those possessions i mean we can only be saved by larry and Siakam so many times, but you got to finish those possessions, right? So if you're going to get really good defensive plays by Siakam and OG and even Terrence Davis at some point, you're going to have to get those rebounds. You know, it, like even uh, Nurse says it all the time, even like back back in the day with Qu- Casey, you, if you have a defensive uh, mindset, you have to finish to possessions. Finish the possessions, go on a run, go for that transition three or, or transition live as long as you get those rebounds. But 12 offensive rebounds, that's the most concerning part, man. But Jay, what about you, man? What did you think about that game? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of hinted at it earlier in terms of uh, who really stood out to me, and it continues to be OG Anunobi. Um, you know, heading into this game, he was averaging 1.7 steals and 1.5 blocks. Do you know how many NBA players are averaging 1.5 in each of those categories? There's just two others, Andre Drummond and Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, That's it. Wow. That's so, good. That's good company. I mean, if, if you... If you wanted to make the case that you know he is proving to be that all defensive player that we we've always been hoping for since that sparkling rookie season, we're seeing it already. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we did we haven't had a pod since um, before the like we we haven't talked about the 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 post Milwaukee game um, reaction and something that stood out to me from that game it it's, rings true in this game too, and that's. OG is our best defender. Um, All the hype coming into the season was for Siakam, and rightfully so. Um, But let's face it, Siakam is now the the offensive star that we more so need him to be. And it's suffering just a bit on the defensive end. Like uh, Again, referencing back to the Milwaukee game, he just couldn't stay in front of of Giannis. Um, but whenever OG was in front of him, OG was stood his ground, right? So something to think about moving forward mm-hmm. as we face, you know, the stronger teams in the East uh, and the West, I guess. Um, but going back to tonight, um, yeah, really impressed by OG. He came out on fire, kind of set the tone for the team, um, helped out a lot in that first quarter specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, to to you know your points yes absolutely the offensive rebounding was a big concern of mine i know that um you know heading into this game the the raptors are we're kind of middle of the pack you know 15th in rebounding but the, these types of games against teams like the kings teams that you should be you know handling fairly easily uh, it, it doesn't it, it shouldn't come down to that right i mean it's almost as if they played down to the level of competition right that first quarter they showed you know we are head and shoulders way better than you and then for the last three quarters just like okay let's just kind of take this on uh cruise control and you know head into this upcoming five game road trip without you know any hiccups Mm -hmm. but um yeah slightly concerning and then another number that that isn't too great is uh 
Lowry, 40 minutes again. Yeah. So the yeah. NBA league leader in minutes continues to lead the league in minutes yeah. and add to that. And uh, I think that's uh, the problem the too because Lowry had to be out there. Lowry had to kind of yeah. finish out that game and make sure that we didn't you know, do something stupid, which we almost did at the end of the game. But he was there to kind of steady the shit for us. And 40 minutes is a, is a long time. But I want to get back to OG when you, what you talk about, Jay, is what, what impressed me the most is he stayed on. He uh, was second in team minutes for today's game alongside Pascal with 37 minutes. So he has been able to uh, be on the floor without any foul trouble, without having to turn over. He was there. He was a very important role throughout you know the defensive and offensive game and so it was really nice to see og out there um when needed and and so yeah like there are some concerns that we found outside of this game but there are some positives like uh, og of course and what i also found was um the minutes that matt thomas and terrence davis put out there so they didn't have too much impact offensively but it, it was just kind of good to see like the stats don't say it all. Terrence Davis, it has zero points, but, and he also had five fouls, but the thing is he, the, the defense that he played in seven minutes, in seven minutes, that's true. <laughs> but like the defense that's that he ridiculous. played as sometimes there were some tip backs that he got for, um, for a rebound, Matt Thomas with those nasty two, three pointers, uh, it, it really crucial times during the game. Like we're not going to ask these guys to play big minutes for us. We're not going to ask him to be in really tight situations, but we're going to ask him to, to kind of steady the ship there. We're going to ask them to, you know, make those open threes by Matt Thomas. We're going to ask Terrence Davis to make those hustle plays when need to be. And we got that. We got that today. And it, it was nice to see our bench is really, really weak for sure. But it's good to see that, you know, one, I, I tweeted this out. We were in the middle of the preseason. We were waiting for RHJ and Stanley Johnson. Instead, we get Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm, I'm kind of here for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's good to see these two uh, taking on that more important role uh, throughout this season. And, and, if I could, and if I could take it back to the whole Lowry at 40 minutes, uh, you know, part, um, you know, Fred Van Vliet also threw in 35 minutes. And I guess the concern is that where is the, um, where's the who's going to be our, our third point guard because newsflash we've lost our third point guard yep. for a considerable amount of time uh, Patrick McCaw uh, you know suffering a uh, someone clarified for me is a knee injury I believe it was a benign growth behind his knee I believe mm -hmm. wow so he's going to be reevaluated uh, four weeks in four weeks yeah that's that's not good so I mean I, I was you know, it, it kind of raises the question and, and will definitely highlight the fact that this is a very thin uh, bench, right? And we're going to need the the Matt Thomas to, to, to hit a couple of threes. We're going to need Terrence Davis to not foul and try to stay in the game. Um, one interesting, I mean, I was listening to uh, Locked On uh, podcast with Sean Woodley. Sean Woodley, he had, our boy. He had uh, Vivek on there today or yesterday, and they were talking about you know, what, what are we going to do about this third point guard? And they raised an interesting uh, name. Uh, Jamal Crawford's still out there. Huh. And ah. he's unemployed. So, I mean, does that tickle your fancy? Or are you just like, you know what, we're good without... Because he is a defensive liability, right? That doesn't really... He doesn't quite match the... Because uh, the, 
Nick Nurse has been very vocal about, I want these guys to be on point with our defense. So Jamal Crawford doesn't really quite fit that. Yeah. But at the same time, we are pretty thin at point guard. Thoughts on that? I think Jamal Crawford, I, whenever I think of Jamal Crawford, I, I with you know besides all his YouTube videos and crazy behind-the-back crossovers, he's <laughs> in the realm of Lou Williams. Uh, to me. And yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. Lou Williams is bad. I, I think Lou Williams is fantastic, to be honest. But he is a scorer. Uh, and so is Jamal Crawford. Do we need a scorer right now? Not not entirely. We just put up 124 points. Uh, but do we need a, <laughs> yeah. you know, do we need a facilitator? Do we need a, a, a point guard? Do we need someone to help all the young guys get, you know, get to their lanes? That's more what we need. Does Patrick McCall give you that? We don't know, to be honest. At least he has that defense mind in him. So for Jamal Crawford, uh, I don't know. I think that depends if we went, if we were down, let's say, knocking with Fred Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry. That's a different story. Because then we need those guys to put up those points. And Jamal Crawford, I have no doubt in my mind that he can still put up uh, 10 or 20 points off the bench for sure in like you know a limited 15-minute role. Uh, but at this moment, I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't really tickle my fancy, you know. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think uh, we don't want to be spread too thin, especially with a player like Jamal Crawford. We we uh, also already have a veteran presence, so it's not like we need anything like that. Um, you want to talk about like being on the late side of thirty? I mean, the guy's like he's almost forty now, right? And... I don't know. He's he's in the upper thirties. <laughs> Ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that, by the way. Ain't nothing wrong. With <laughs> no, that. there is not. There is nothing wrong with that. But it, okay, look. If we were like a low-scoring team that needed an older player that has been around in the league to kick some sense to our players, he would be the perfect fit. I don't know if he's. I don't know if we were in dire straits. You know, just because we need somebody to fill that position, I don't know if it should be him per se because as you said jason we're scoring enough as it is that's not our primary concern our primary concern is spreading responsibilities creating more defense alleviating players not just because of roles so in lowry's case you know point guard but just strength wise all around so i don't know i think I think there's somebody else out there. We need, I don't think it's him. We need another point guard like Corey Joseph. I love him or hate him. And if you want, if if you are the one of the millions of people who got the OVO Joseph because he had the six, like we, you watch him and it could, this could be recency bias, but he was such a nuisance on the floor as limited time that he had on the floor. He was a good, uh, steady backup. And that's what we need. Like, um, there is some argument about having Fred come off the bench, uh, so we can, one, alleviate the minutes that Kyle Lowry is playing, and two, also help out that second unit, which we desperately need. But at the same time, the the tandem that Kyle Lowry and Fred Vimpley bring uh, every night so far in the last seven games is is really good. It's really compelling. And, and you know, 36 points in, in the first quarter, you can see that, you know, uh, they kind of... I don't know, start the game right for these guys. And that's what I feel like Fred has shown enough that he should start in this league. And and I think that also the Raptors are giving him that faith. Uh, so that's why I don't think that Fred is going to come off the bench anytime soon. But we, yes, we do need some sort of backup point guard. I don't think, I obviously don't think Matt Tom or Terrence Davis is ready. Patrick McCall is injured. Nope. 
we I think we need something, something to alleviate the pressure off of Fred and Lowry, especially if they're going to start every single game from now on. And his name is John Cena. No, I have no idea. Bam, 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 bam. Do you have any, uh, <laughs> do you have any uh, recommendations? I, I don't have any recommendations for sure because, uh, you, know, you know, and that's the other thing. is like It's not like it's only going to be those two bringing the ball. We've seen Siakam play that role. We've seen Norm play that role. Um, and that's a name that I we just are clearly not talking about enough, and that's not a good reason. That's not a but, good thing. But here's another Norm thing. Norm is no, just not... Uh, here's another thing. I don't think also that this is a dire situation either. I think it's it's a situ- uh, conversation. Be like, you know, who's our backup point guard because we only have two and who's starting right now. But are also a third point guard right now, if you really think about it, if you're watching the games, Pascal, right? I mean, there's not really yeah, a yeah. role anymore yep. in, these, in this league. There's no point guard. There's no centers. There's everybody who's out there can dribble or shoot. I mean, LeBron is is bringing up the the ball every single time for the Lakers. Why can't Pascal, right? So if 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 this was in dire situations, I think Masai is going to do whatever it takes, no matter what. But at the same time, I feel like if you want someone like Pascal to be more confident with his dribbling, more confident with his uh, jump shot as well, give him the ball more, let him bring up the ball. And I think that's been happening already too. All valid points, and I fully agree with you. The only part I... I am wary of, and I think we all are here, is that, you know, again, at, at 40 minutes a game, um, that's got to come down. Um, because, yep. it, it, you know, right now he's playing at an all-NBA level, not just all-star. He's all-NBA. I would consider him for the third team all-NBA. Yeah. But this is early, and this is a long season. We all know this is a marathon, not a sprint. And we need playoff Lowry. And, and, and that's actually a good thing now. Playoff Lowry used to be a negative connotation, but... Now, now that he's a champion and he's proven it time and again. Uh, yeah, I, I say cut down those minutes, figure it out, start to trust these other guys. Um, you know, maybe he put uh, Terrence Davis didn't show up today um, with with those five fouls and seven minutes. But um, yeah, we, <laughs> we need some more production <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> but I mean, like it's something you bring up all the time, Jay. Is that uh, Lowry's getting there in age and regardless of this year or next year, he's obviously a solid player, a solid Raptor. We don't want his tenure as a Raptor or in the league to cut down because of a silly year like this where he's overplayed. Like, it's it's just not worth it. Like, the guy could extend his stay here for as long as possible if he's not... Look, as a, as a Timberwolves fan, I don't agree with the amount of minutes that, you know, Towns and Wiggins and formerly Jimmy, Jimmy Butler had to deal with. But it made sense because they had, like, no one. We got to figure it out. Otherwise, we're going to wear down an entire team. We're going to face a similar fate where we're going to be, like, in the top couple of teams in the league and then shoot straight down to eighth, fighting to stay in for the playoffs. That's exactly what's going to happen. We got to figure it out. I wouldn't take it as far as saying that we would shoot down. I think, you know, we even even at the small rotation that we do have, this is a solid group. And, you know, going back to Jay's point earlier, um, you know, kind of seeing someone like Corey Joseph out there, it's a, it's a little bit of a mini reminder that like, you know, of of a different time in, in the Raptors era that was, you know, not a bad era at all. Like we were still a, a solid playoff team with, with Kojo in the lineup, but did just seeing him in a Kings uniform, did that, uh, I don't know, what did that make you guys feel? Is that 
Is it a bit uh, of nostalgia or just like it's now nah, he's the enemy now? Yeah, he's he's been the enemy to be honest. Like he he was here for a little bit, and his stay was pretty cool. I mean, uh, he was he repped the, the Toronto Raptors really hard when he was here. Um, but he he didn't make too much of an impact as a player. Uh, I honestly don't think so. Uh, but he was there for a, a good chunk of like w- the up uprising, I guess, with with the Raptors. So no, no, not really. I think Kojo has always been a solid, solid backup, always, always, always. And when he when we got him, I, I thought it was really cool f- for us, and it was it was just the fact that he was Canadian, and I'm all about that. But nothing about that we I, I miss him or as a Raptor or anything like that. I but. I feel like if we ever needed like a, a solid backup point guard, he would be a, a good addition. There's there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'll try not to be disrespectful here in any way. You know, the guy was was doing better after he left the Raptors for a little while. And now he's on a not-so-good crummy Kings team. So I don't know. I'm not feeling any sort of resentment or anything as, as you said, Jason, I mean, he, he did all right with us. It wasn't like seeing Carter leave or Kawhi leave or Bosch or McGrady. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, he's off to another team. We got another person. I don't know. He's he's a role player. And that, that's the way I see it. I mean, he's a nice guy, but that's it. Yeah. And I, I think that the Raptors also gave him a tribute video, which is pretty awesome. Too. Yeah. For us to show him the love. And they're doing that with with every with every Canadian that comes to town. They're doing that. And I think that's a nice little addition yeah. uh, to the in-game uh, ops there. No, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think uh, Corey yeah. Joseph is going to be good for the Kings too, especially when they if they want to, I guess, build a good relationship with uh, Darian Fox, who's going to be their point guard of the future. If you have someone like Corey Joseph uh, that can be their mentor, that's never a bad thing either. I mean, he is, Corey Joseph is a championship at the end of the day. Champion. So. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, also returning um, with the Kings and with Canadian roots is Roy Rana. He's uh, an assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, shall I jump into yes. all of the information on Roy Rana? <laughs> yes, any, please. have any thoughts on this? No, I... I well, I wanted you to, to kind of step in there because like, you are an alum of Ryerson, no? Hey, hey, hey. Rams, baby. Actually, so am I. Yeah, go Rams. There you go. <laughs> well, I, you know, Rana, I, I guess it depends on on your affiliation with with Canadian basketball. I think you you'll have some sort of a link to to him. He's he's a Canadian coaching legend now, right? He was the Canadian High School Coach of the Year uh, several uh, several times. I think two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand six. Um, but he's more known for his move up to Ryerson University, where he was the head coach for just over 10 years. His biggest accomplishment was in, I would say, well, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a toss-up between two things. Number one, it was in, in 2017, he actually led the Ryerson Rams all the way up to the, the finals, uh, to the Canadian University basketball finals. They lost in the finals. However, I mean... Again, Dre, you can probably agree with me here. Like the Ryerson basketball team, at least when I was there, wasn't really known as one of the the top contenders. Not even in in, in Ontario, let alone um, in all of Canada. I mean that yeah. that title was held by Carlton forever. And that brings me to the second big accomplishment that Roy Rana 
accomplished, which is in the following season in 2018, they actually defeated the Carlton Ravens in the semifinals. Uh, and that's huge because at that time, Carlton had won seven consecutive national championships. So that was considered, we know, one of the biggest upsets in U sports history. So, and he was at the helm of that, right? And he he got all the kudos for that and well-deserved. And um, yeah, now he's kind of parlayed that into uh, an assistant coaching job with the Sacramento Kings, uh, a great organization we already know about. You know, Vivek Ranadiv and Vladi Divac, like it's a very, I guess, multicultural or worldwide, <laughs> uh, you know, executive staff there. Yeah. So, and it's also uh, like an up and coming uh, team, too. Right. Like it's not going to be a Sacramento of old with with Boogie Cousins and it's never going to go anywhere. I feel like watching this team, it's it's going up. It's going to go upwards. If you, if you put the Sacramento Kings into the Eastern Conference, I I, I honestly doubt that they won't be in the in the playoff heat. And then they had all, all this hype going into the season, right? So, uh, and and rightfully so. They I mean I think did one of us have them as a playoff team or no? I, or no, I guess not, right? I don't. I think we had like Dallas and the Pelicans as the sleepers. As a sleeper, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of sleepers, yeah, the Pelicans are definitely sleeping. But, I mean, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll I'll, hold, I'll hold off on that. They are our next game. Uh, I'll hold <laughs> off on the on the disses until after. I don't <laughs> well, wanna... I, I guess uh, nothing makes us feel more foolish than, uh, you know, our Warriors predictions. But I digress. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but speaking back in uh, Roy, Roy Rana, I mean, the first, I, I believe the first ever Canadian head coach was Jay Triano for the Raptors, right? When he became the interim head coach. Uh, I think so. I could be, I could be wrong about that. But if you ever see someone right. like Roy Rana with his story coming from Ryerson, uh, going to Team Canada and then making his way to the NBA, it would be amazing stories to see him as, you know, another Canadian uh, head coach in the NBA. Who knows? Who knows what what will happen? That would be such an amazing story to see. But, but yeah, man. All right. So let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll come back and we'll spill some tea. Talk to you guys soon. Oh, I just ran out of those. Okay, cool. Uh, count count me already. In. I'm gonna grab them. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. You go. You go through quick, man. Yeah, God, I really hope it's not like sterility pills or something. Please tell me it's not like that. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, um, that's a good segue. We're going to spill some tea, boys. Well, that that's not graphic. No, I know, right? Um, okay, so I don't know if you guys have already heard this, uh, but a second player has been suspended twenty five games uh, for yeah for anti drug because of the NBA's anti drug program. Um, John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks have been tested positive for growth hormones, and doing a little bit of research, uh, i.e., this research being Wikipedia. <laughs> because I'm lazy. Um, they they not found, as lazy as him apparently. Oh, true. They found sources of a substance called peptide two, 
which apparently um, enhances or uh, enhances intestinal function, uh, reduction of bone breakdown. It, basically, it's 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 a I I don't know I don't know I'm not a I'm not a doctor I don't I'm not a pharmacist I don't know about this but I'm a, I'm assuming it's some sort of steroid. I'm assuming. So yeah, it's an HGH for sure. Okay, yeah, for sure. So again, uh, in the beginning of the season, Aiton uh, uh, also or. De- DeAndre Ayton of the Phoenix Suns also got a 25 game suspension for drug policy. Uh, this is and 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 Ooh, who else? And right before the season started, Wilson Chandler was also. So that's actually three. Oh damn! The only reason we don't mention Chandler is because it happened during the off season. But he's also on a 25 game suspension. Wow! Wow! So I mean, the NBA is cracking down on this substance abuse or this these hormones that these uh, players are taking and i remember having a conversation with my wife when especially when deandre um got suspended because he's you know he's the face of the franchise well i guess devin booker is the face of the franchise for phoenix but ayton is like you know second year and he's going to be a really good player but with this 25 game suspension like was this was this an accidental mistake or was this an actual substance that he knew he was taking in this this was this was you know fair game for everybody like if he was going to get caught he was going to get caught and he had to he, he, i guess to take the consequences i guess but and then i had another conversation with i guess with a buddy of mine is saying honestly honestly speaking again i'm not a I, you all three of us we're not athletes and we don't know how it is um nor do I think we'll ever be <laughs> professional athletes. But is it just me or is it surprising that more of more of these athletes are taking uh, hormones or taking steroids? I just don't see it's that surprising anymore. You know, it's almost like when we hear about players uh, smoking weed, that's that's you know, legal in Canada now and it's legal in most of the states. So is that surprising anymore i don't i don't know is it surprising to you guys that these guys are these athletes are taking steroids yeah i would say so because they they should know better um it's not so much the fact that they're taking them at all it's right again they should know better. i just want to like, say i'm not i'm not are... condoning any of this I, anything that's illegal i'm no, not condoning course. it i'm just i'm just saying as like a outside perspective i just find it kind of hard to believe that a hundred percent of these professional athletes are taking you know uh completely normal stuff <laughs> you know what i mean that's all i'm saying well no of course but it's like when i say they should know better it's not like a, a morally oh you know drugs are bad i'm saying like they're in one of the most expensive leagues in all of america and they have the most uh precise testing and people have been nabbed for it before. This isn't the first time. It's not like, uh, oh, we're checking everybody's height now. Well, yeah, exactly. It's not like we're, we're checking everybody's height now, so now we're going to check everybody's drugs. Uh-oh, they're only doing it now. How people could think that in such a big professional league you could get away with something like this, but apparently uh, apparently they do, and it's a shame because you're looking at really good players and promising faces mm-hmm. of a, of an expanding league like the Hawks. They're young, they're growing, so are the sons. Like, but fan bases, organizations of these franchises, which let's be honest, the Hawks have not been great for a while. The Suns have definitely not been great for a while. Now they're finally getting some sort of a sign of promise in the most balanced position the league has ever been in in the last 10 years. 
and now it's blemished. So it's like it, it's just silly, stupid mistakes. We know DeAndre Aiden doesn't need to take this crap, like at all. And yeah, here he is spent for twenty five games. Devin Booker's got to carry the entire team on his back. Hmm. Yet they're still doing somehow decent. You know, like so. It's, you, it's silly. So you think that out of all of this, out of all of this, you do think that they knew what they were doing. Like, there's so much sports science now. There's so much things that you can take. There's, you know, there's doctors around the clock for these guys. And you still think that they they knew they knew what they were doing, like, even with the yeah. medical staff? Absolutely. Interesting. Like, like, when Lance Armstrong happened, that should have been, like, the poster everywhere. It wasn't. Said an Icarus, the documentary came out. It's on Netflix. I'm sure most of you guys have seen it. That, like, it's enough. Like, it's been cracked down so much, this type of testing, that it should absolutely not cross anybody's minds. Look, if you're going to smoke a joint and have a little bit of fun or, you know, have fun in your own little separate way and then you get into trouble, it's like, ah, well, crap. You know, you you had a fun night out. It happens. (laughs) You're bad. But for something like this, it's just, it's inexcusable because guess what? You're not going to better yourself when you're out for a quarter of a season. It's like, it's not going to happen. Your team's going to tank. It's just silly. And again, there's somebody like DeAndre Aiden who has been seen as a rising star. It's not like, I don't want to name any names and make somebody feel like crap or anything, but it's not like, Okay, fine, I'll do it. It's not like a Markel Fultz where it's like, oh, hang on a second, this guy's amazing out of nowhere. Oh, oh, he was doping. Our bad. Twenty-five games suspension. <laughs> you know, it's not like that. So you know, which if he did test positive, I'm just saying. Anyway, that's my that's my that's my piece huh. on it. Well, I think that like there's also a difference in um, what each of these three players have been caught with. Uh, I think with Chandler, uh, what he got caught with, I don't think he even tried to appeal. He just kind of accepted it. Um, what Collins got caught with, he's already appealing it. Um, you know, in his statement, he did say he took a supplement that was, uh, quote unquote, um, which contains something which, quote unquote, un- was unbeknownst to me, had been contaminated with an illegal component. That's kind of like saying, um, you know, I sent out that bad tweet because my my Twitter got hacked. So, <laughs> or I was on medication, thing, right? I mean, right? It, it 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 it's easy to 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 think that that's probably an excuse, but at the same time, you know, I think the league, I can see the league giving him the benefit of the doubt. I know this is a first time offense. Um, you know, it is possible, but uh, it goes back to both of your points about like just you got to know what you're 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 taking and you're doing, and and only go through your own medical staff, your teams like only through Hawks medical medical staff. I I couldn't find the article, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that what he had taken was was not uh, was not given to him by the Hawks staff. So mm. you know that kind of you know creates a bit of a you know it, it makes it a little bit suspicious, right? Um, and then the third person who got suspended, Aiton, he took a a steroid that is typically known to try to mask other steroids. So his situation is a bit more interesting, um, dire in terms of like he's trying to take something to cover up, right? So that's you if know that's... whether or not he's actually taking others is 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 
another issue, but it's like that's that's not a good one to be caught with. If that's true, then why does John Collins have the same suspension time than than Aiden? Because if it was, I, I guess we have to find out what the real story is. But let's say they both are are taken like the the stories are true. Um, wouldn't it be that you know Aiden would be suspended a little bit longer, or is this more? I'm wondering if this is more of like a the rules, like it, once you're once the NBA has caught you with some sort of uh, drug, then 25 games doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. Even if you go through arbitration, doesn't matter. It's, it's going to be. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, actually. Mm. I believe that's what it is. Okay, okay. That, like, that makes sense. Regardless, I, I think the, the policy just covers the fact that you've taken drugs. Um, Got it. Or drugs that are part of the, the, the banned list. And the standard is, you know, 25 for that first offense. So, yeah, yeah. Back to your point. It's like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, just the fact that you have taken something. Wow. All right. Well, knock on wood. Let's hope that nothing like this happens again. I mean, okay, I'm not gonna. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to not be the bad guy saying that. Like, I feel like more people are doing this because you know it's kind of hard not to believe. But again, I'm not advocating any of it. I just feel like it's these stories are hard to believe. You know, like these guys are professional athletes. These guys work with professionals every single day. There's how there's no way that you don't know what you're putting in your body. Anyways, let's move yeah. on from there. Um, Actually, no. Yeah. Okay. Before we close off, do you yeah. agree or disagree that if a bigger name, let's say LeBron James Ooh, good question. was caught, was caught with something, do you think this could be a, Michael Jordan, quote unquote, retiring for two years type thing where the NBA covers it up? Or do they make him the poster child and say, nope, you're suspended 25 games. And also this tarnishes your image like greatly. Wow, that's a well, loaded I mean, question, man. <laughs> he, he was he was caught with something. He, he's always viral about how many tacos a guy has. So let's be honest with those preservatives. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> No, but to, to answer seriously, uh, that is a good question. We could already use the league's policy on, I guess, other scenarios as a bit of a yardstick, like how they deal with certain politics and brushing stuff under the rug, trying to move on, trying to still continue their profits. That's a good question. Um, because... A big name could be somebody like LeBron James, where they will refuse to let him tank and his, his image suffer, I'm guessing. Or it could be somebody like, I don't know, just throwing it out there, like a Joel Embiid or a, somebody of that nature, like a Jimmy Butler, somebody who can kind of be tossed under the bus. I'm thinking on, on the lines of somebody like a, like a Lamar Odom, who clearly had a lot of issues and was not like his image was not saved when it was being tarnished whatsoever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, the guy was one of the biggest players at one point in the league. So why say this is it, a, it really depends. Why I say this is a bigger issue is because they were just that whole debacle of NBA versus China and LeBron didn't look very good with his remarks. So when it comes to something of tarnishing his not only his name, but also is the NBA's name. And let's be real, someone like LeBron or Curry or 
maybe not too much Durant, but these those guys are of the high echelon. Those guys are the face of the NBA. And what sells more tickets? Uh, the, I mean, the NBA doesn't sell tickets. The players that sell tickets, right? So if you have someone like LeBron having, you know, being caught, it's it it's it goes deeper. I think it's not a question of like will the NBA do it or don't. I think it just it goes. It, it, there's definitely a deeper situation that goes into it. I I don't think it's as easy as I'm gonna slap you with 25 games and that's it. I feel like there's a lot more because I don't think besides some shoe deals, I don't think Aiton or Collins uh have any other endorsements. Uh, but LeBron, you know. Maybe twenty five percent of his his salary comes from the NBA. Everything else is endorsements, so it comes way more uh, situational. So, so again, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a hard one. That's a hard one to pick on. Um, some breaking news though: uh, Ben Simmons has just injured his shoulder. Um, oh, yeah. So minor sprain. Minor he will sprain. be reevaluated. But uh, talk about spilling some tea. This is. Yo, this is the year of the injury and the suspensions. This is insane. Yeah. I think he put Cat in too like, much I'm, of a chokehold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both your, like all three of our fantasy teams have at least two guys that are out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's, My entire yeah, right? starting lineup is, it's terrible. There's either ING, GTD, or out in every single category. Yeah. It's like a nightmare <laughs> fantasy league. Like it's. God, God, it's garbage. It's, it's basically like, I'm, I'm really pissed. who's playing right now. That's 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 more uh, the fantasy <laughs> league right now. Oh man, a different type of who he play for. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so I I know that uh, we've we've gone a little bit too long with the tea, but I, there is one more I wanted to point out because I know Jay that you didn't you haven't really heard much about it yet, so I want to know your take. Um, so the Atlanta Hawks have this a team podcast called Wing It. With Vince Carter and what was her name, Jay? Annie Finberg. Annie Finberg. That's her name. Thank you. Uh, Vince Carter, Annie Finberg. And it was also hosted by Ken Bazemore last year, but he was shipped off to another team. So recently, Jimmy Butler was on the Winging It podcast and Jimmy Butler said about Lance Stevenson. So this is what he said. He's like, if if he's in this league, then I can be in this league. He is a talented ass player. Don't get me wrong. But if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> So that's some that's some shots fired for uh China bound Lance Stevenson. Man, so what do you think about those those words, those strong words, Jay? Uh yeah, shots fired. And and I guess follow up to that before I continue is did Lance respond? Like do we know if he I don't think so. He's still air guitaring in China, man. Probably more so. Yeah, seriously. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of that. That's that's a hot take, right? Like uh <laughs> Just, just to have to think. <laughs> like, just to have the cojones to be like, you know, like I feel like the NBA is just like a brotherhood, right? And when you when you call out a player, you know, Lance Stevenson isn't the best player by all means by any stretch, but at the same time, he he, yeah, had a good stint in in the NBA. Like he he played on pretty good teams. He had some pretty good numbers, and now he's you know cracking or making that money in China. And so when Jimmy Butler is out here on. You know, a pretty uh, well-known podcast talking about like you know if he's in a league, then I could be in a league. Like that's that's a little rough to to talk about your, I guess your your NBA brother. Uh, I'm gonna be devil's advocate here. Lance Stevenson was was fine on what he did. He wasn't perfect. He was fine on what he did. However, I'd argue 
that he is one of the biggest shit disturbers I've ever seen play in the league. <laughs> Therefore, it wouldn't be any surprise if he really annoyed a player like Jimmy Butler, who, you know, the, the iconic image of uh, Lance Stevenson blowing in, uh, in LeBron James's ear, you know, he just laughs it off. He continues with this game. Not everybody could deal with Lance Stevenson. Uh, if, uh, if I recall, it was against the Raptors when uh, I think he was on the, the Pacers. Mm-hmm. They were kicking our ass. There, were like, there was like five seconds left. He dunked it, and I, I'm pretty sure it was DeRozan who got really mad. Yeah. Like, Lance Stevenson <laughs> loves annoying the crap out of He's players. an agitator. So... He's an agitator. He's like the Patrick Beverly, basically. And the thing but about... He's, he's beyond an agitator. Yeah. I mean, but you have those players like Lance, like, uh, like Beverly, like even JaVale, who kind of know their role. Right. And and someone like that, Steven said he's going to agitate the shit out of you, but he's going to be one of those players that always, always, always that you don't want to play against him. You hate playing against him, but you love that he's on your team. So he he definitely knew what his role was, at least. Yeah, but like uh, my point is, I'm guessing somebody like Jimmy Butler, who really doesn't care what people think about what he says. You know, he's going to be open about somebody who pissed him off, like like Lance Stevenson. You know, like it's not like, I don't know, crapping on Corey Joseph or like some, or like crapping on Lonzo Ball or somebody who's like, you know, rather innocent and not really a jerk or anything. It makes sense. Like if somebody were to crap on Joel and beat down the road, it'd be like, you know, this guy, this guy ticked me off, so I'm going to say this about him. I'm not going to be surprised either, although the difference is Joel Embiid's actually good. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, we just wanted to we, we just wanted to uh, bring that up to you, Jay, because I think that's, that's pretty shots fired. It's pretty funny, man. All right. So, I wanted to start off these uh, – I wanted to end off these – podcast with kind of like twitter questions and if you guys are listening um uh thank you for one uh raptor fans for listening all the way up to this point because if you are still listening you're probably interested like so we are so uh rap raptors podcast by fans for fans and you are fans so we we wanted to start off or end off these podcasts with kind of nba raptor related questions um, that just sparks a conversation. It could be from Twitter, it could be from Instagram, it could be from the conversation you had with your boys at the club or 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 a bar, and just to start a conversation, just to end off this podcast. So I I don't know the name of it right now. So again, listeners, if you have a name for it, I would love to hear it. Um, for now, I would just want to end this pod with an NBA question, and each week we're going to have someone of us three ask the question for for the other two and they've never heard of the question before i just want to spark a conversation so uh with all that said and done i'm going to ask you guys a question uh just end of this pod you guys haven't heard this yet okay um i heard on twitter or i read on twitter sorry that they had a argument saying would the raptors still would have won that championship uh, last year if we traded for Ka- uh, Kawhi with Kyle Lowry instead of DeMar DeRozan. What do you guys think? Hell no. Really? Hell no. Interesting. Right, so we're saying that that it's DeMar on this team instead of Lowry. Yes. Right? Yes. Hell no. Hmm. There's no way we're winning that championship without without Lowry's leadership. 
I don't even know I, if we make it past. I agree. I don't even know if we make it past Philadelphia. I agree to a point. I agree to a point. But could this just be like recency bias because of that game six outpour that, that Lowry like killed in the first quarter? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Playoff Lowry has become Playoff Lowry, you know, for a reason, right? Now he now now we want him to become Playoff Lowry. But a lot of the times when we were in those in in the playoffs with the Dwayne Casey error, Demar was the leading scorer. Demar was the one who kind of brought us, uh, one or I guess was a reason maybe for most of those wins in those playoffs. Uh, you know, granted we didn't win a lot of them, but he he was he was the one, and because we had Kawhi, um, you know we did he we didn't really need another score. Siakam kind of became that one B player or two A player beside Kyle, so. I don't know. I can kind of see an argument there. Um, just the the fact that I wouldn't mind watching a Demar and Kyle led, a Demar and Kawhi led team, but I guess I would agree. I don't think they would make it to the finals, but I think they would get close. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with Jay there. I think uh, I love DeRozan, but I don't know. There's a difference between Kyle Lowry when he's just cold rather than DeRozan when he chokes. Lowry, I remember, um, I th- it was that year when we were facing the Cavaliers, and we actually won a couple of games. We weren't swept. Biombo was fouled out. I'll never forget, we were down by so much, and Lowry was still busting ass trying to catch up points as much as possible. I've never seen a hustle like that ever. And it was amazing. Like never, ever gives up hustles through anything and tries to figure it out. I feel like with DeRozan's ISO ball, when he gets cold, like that's it. It's Mm. like, it's like he disappears from the game and it's not even like he's just not playing well, but he's there. It's like he's on another planet almost. And I don't know if that would have worked because Lowry, let's not forget, Lowry, the very first game, scored a goose egg, zero points, but his plus minus was still in the positives, if I'm not mistaken, right, Jay? He was the only one with the positive. There you go. So I, I feel like DeRozan would have just kept trying to make something work, and it just wouldn't. It's like it's like comparing a guy who is giving a speech in, like for elementary school or something, Memorized everything. I can't remember a single word versus the guy who forgot to do it, wings it, and it's like, ah, shit. Well, you know, I got a B. I did all right. <laughs> you know, so I'd rather have the guy who can make nothing work rather than a guy who's prepared and just falters. Yeah. So I agree with you, Jay. I don't think we would have gone very far. I think the 76ers would have kicked our asses. Well, let's let's take that uh, analogy a step further. Um, the, the book on DeMar was out you know in terms of you kind of know how to guard him in the playoffs so you know as prepared as as he was he just wasn't prepared for that stage and i think that when you come to answering this question you're you're looking at two things here you're looking at lowry's impact which is way more than just points he's able to put up it is the charges he takes it is the assists he makes it is the creates uh, and then on the flip side, it is uh, DeRozan style of play, which is again, you know, as Dre said, very ISO heavy. It, if anything, it would be the ball being in his hands would just 
take away from Kawhi. And we already know that Kawhi is the better all-around player. So, um, whereas Kyle is more willing to give up the ball, you know what I mean? So, yeah, just in terms of, like, style of play, too. Um, you can throw Kyle into any team and he'd fit in. So, um, but the matchup of, of Kawhi and DeMar now, sorry, that's, that's a, like a seven game series with the magic. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I have a soft spot for DeMar. I feel like a lot of Toronto Raptors fans have a soft spot for DeMar, but you have to be real. Lowry is our top dog. He is he is a fierce leader. He, by far, uh, to me at least, is the top Raptor of all time. And I also don't think, I, I, I just want to be that advocate of saying I could see it, maybe. But let's be real, I don't think it would happen. Um, the championship is ours. Uh, and it was because of Kawhi, Kyle, Fred, Siakam, Serge, and mark and everybody on the raptors team but yeah that was cool man I'm, I'm glad we got to do that um next week i hope Dre, that you can give us a question that sparks a conversation again listeners if you have the if you have a name for this that'd be pretty cool but uh until next week boys Dre, where can i find you brother you can find me on twitter at andreas babs and follow my film editorial and review website films fatale f-i-l-m-s f-a-t-a-l-e dot com the reader's poll is finished I'm revealing your results on Monday. Uh, some interesting winners. It's it's going to be great. Still going through every single Best Picture winner. And uh, next week, we are also unveiling our top 100 films of the decade, the top 30 performances, a couple of other lists, and the top 10 worst films of the decade, which I know is what all of you guys are looking forward to. It's it's the oh. worst, of course. So that'll come first. Don't worry. I just... uh, Jay, uh, <laughs> where can we find you? Yo, I, I honestly I've been counting down the days. I can't wait to see those lists. Um, uh, yeah, you can find all my work on Raptors HQ. Uh, I'm actually going to use this time not to really plug myself, but to uh, kind of prepare you all because the next time we record a an episode, which will be next week again, um, between now and then, the Raptors would have faced Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard on consecutive nights. So brace yourself, people. Wow, like this is like bring it bring your tissue box i don't know <laughs> what you're gonna bring to the game but uh be be mentally prepared for for sunday and monday because it's a back-to-back in la and uh i i can't think past that <laughs> jay how about you absolutely and and speaking of which uh we're gonna be because of the west coast trip we're going to record our next podcast a little bit later in the week um which also i have to mention that dre is going to be featured on the pick and pod podcast uh so he's not going to be joining us for our next it's just going to be j and j but uh it's going to be an exciting time um i can't wait i can't wait to hear that that pod and and dre whenever you mention about the worst movies of the decade i just can't think about anything else except for the nun oh what a terrible movie all right oh, wow <laughs> anyway fortunately that's not even the closest oh good lord okay that's my worst all right well anyways thanks again guys for listening this is that's a wrap um you can find us us all of us on that's a wrap pod and raptors hq make sure to hit that subscribe button you know follow us on twitter and give us some rating reviews we love it we love to talk to you guys and until next time boys and girls that's a wrap <laughs>